everybody, and welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. Class is now in session, and today we are going to a 200-level class. You've passed <laughs> Queer Spaces 101, and today we are in Queer Spaces 201. Uh, we are in Queer Spaces 2.0, so we got tons of questions on that, mm -hmm. and even some more that have trickled in since then, so we want to make sure that we answered everything. You know, we're not going to leave any question open-ended. So we are looping back around to talk all about queer spaces today. Yeah. I feel like that episode was really long too, because it's, it was. it's so hard to find queer spaces, especially queer spaces that aren't like alcohol centric. Like in my town, there's like one gay bar and like, there are some other events or like theaters, just like, you know, the norm, but it's yeah. I tried to start like a queer space of my own I, I think I might have mentioned this in our original episode about queer spaces I tried to start like a local sapphic event and I reached out to mm -hmm. the local gay bar and they were like no like we don't think that'll go well and I'm like it doesn't have to like you don't have to close out like non-sapphics just mm -hmm. have like a sapphic centric night theme or something yeah. Yeah. And like everyone will know, okay, we're going out on this night. And they were like, no, that's not like our client base. And I was like, okay, this is why no one wants to go here. Uh, this is why you're losing money. But yeah, yeah, I don't think people really understand the value of queer spaces when it they are just thinking like monetarily and mm. through the lens of like capitalism and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the value is so huge. Like even just recently, I started working with a group of younger drag performers in like a drag school. And the first time that we met, like being in, in this room where introducing yourself with pronouns was normal everybody mm -hmm. there was like gender non-conforming and whenever being in a space like that where you just look around and you're like whoa everyone here is either queer or like with the program where they everyone yeah. just blends in while that was all cool like aesthetically the feeling of being in a space with a bunch of people who you just like know get it is that safeness is so invaluable. And one of the first things they did for this kind of a space was like set expectations, made sure everybody felt comfortable. And I'm just like, this is so healthy and people don't even realize these kinds of benefits are yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks that, you know, it has to be like, a special space to get that but at the same time like it's nice that we have those spaces but it sucks that yeah. like the rest of the world can't get the program or refuses to not that they can't um but yeah, yeah I'm I'm really it's jealous really that you have that <laughs> it's been one of the most exciting things like it's just so empowering to see all these like young people who are just wearing whatever they want to wear and having their hair however they want to wear it and yeah. using the pronouns that they feel comfortable with at like 18 mm -hmm. And it's not yeah. like you don't have to get older and get confident like they can do that younger now. I don't know. It, it's it's really <laughs> yeah. cool to see. But I think a lot of times, too, we think of queer spaces as like pretty much just gay bars. And mm -hmm. like I just said, I was in like it was a drag school, essentially. But it's like it's a that's a program. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many things out there that I didn't even know this existed when we did our last queer spaces. Wow. episode. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. That was part of the reason I wanted to join 
uh, the local roller derby team because I yep. know it's like that's like a good space to go if you're one if you're queer and two if you have some <laughs> uh, bodily energy that you need to get out which I do mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of pent-up energy uh, I can't sit still and but like also part of it is like finding queer community and I don't really know how else to go about that locally um, I know there's like theater programs, which we mentioned in our queer friend groups episode. We told students to join a theater program. I could go join a theater program, um, but I won't. <laughs> uh, I don't have that kind of time to commit. And same with the roller derby. Like it's, I wish it was, were like, I wish there were more events, at least around me, that were less commitment that I could still like show up to yeah. and engage and meet people. I feel like a lot of them are like, okay, we meet two times a week. You have to like set aside like four hours of your time and come every week. <laughs> I think that one of the beauties of the pandemic, and there are few, but one of them is that we did really create virtual spaces yeah. that were really genuine and purposeful and successful. And so I had a friend who everybody who listened to this one podcast, he literally like in a Facebook group invited a group of strangers to come in and listen to old episodes of a podcast and do like a book club, but for podcasts. Yeah. And after a while, they, they were doing this every week. I eventually joined one of the, the, um, zooms, but they were doing this every Mm -hmm. week. So then the group got really familiar with each other and that has transferred. Now no one meets on zoom. We just chat in a group text all the time, Mm -hmm. but they're like some of my best friends and they're all over the U S and we're connected as queer people from just like a little virtual club that started. So even if you don't want to leave the house, (laughs) you can make spaces like online is I think a really useful tool if you know the right way to do it. And I'm not like promoting like social media is the best when there's like bullying and stuff. But if you use those tools to your advantage, yeah, there are so many like Facebook groups and things and little clubs that you can start where then you never have to leave the house, but you're connected to all these gay people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've made a lot of friends online and, Mm -hmm. you know, like some of of the longest, like, I I don't know. I wouldn't say I have very many like close friendships with anyone I've met online at this time, but like most of the people Excuse I talk to me? are like, internet. well, like, my chop liver to you. Yes. In this scenario, <laughs> you're not online. You're, wow. in my room. you're in my room with me right now. This isn't online. No, you met me online. We're no, I, but, I, but I mean, like, people I mean, I know I just, we're like, friends, text. friends, but like, I just mean people that Listeners, I just, like, text, you just text. heard Cheyenne confirm that she thinks I'm chopped liver. <laughs> I mean, I did confirm that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is our first fight. Just kidding. No, I was just kidding. I did my eyeliner? So <laughs> I'm cry. Um, no, obviously you're not trapped liver, but I mean like people I don't talk to regularly. But like I don't know. Like I have friends from Tumblr from 2010. Like, but are they friends or are they to. mutuals? They're like friends turn mutuals or just always mu- like I wouldn't say I have any like I don't know I don't. I don't message people first usually or back sometimes I like I said before I'm in my antisocial era so like I've been in like a few group chats with people I've met online and I'm like I have to humbly bow out of this because it's overwhelming for me or I have to mute it and then I feel like I miss so much um but yeah I love the accessibility that the internet has given us especially with the pandemic and it really sucks that like a lot of 
these spaces that have opened up have reverted to online or just kind of dissipated as people began to like leave their house more because there are so many people with chronic illnesses and disabilities who aren't able to be part of things. And, you know, the pandemic, as horrible as it was, it did open up like an avenue of connection that we weren't able to access before. So it sucks that, you know, those things aren't being continued. I wish there was like a better resource for creating groups like that or finding them like I know we have like Facebook groups and stuff but like I don't know like I had someone before I was considering going to Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous and someone recommended me a queer one that's like in LA or something and it was like online and I was I I was too scared I didn't end up doing it but I considered it for a hot minute and like I know for a fact we don't have that in my city like I would not have the opportunity to go to something like that if it were an in-person situation so it's nice when they are able to make it like accessible virtually yeah accessibility is huge otherwise how do you find any queer spaces and when people Mm -hmm. are not necessarily in the big cities they are just not it's not as logistically like available yeah yeah. So the, the, uh, the groups that you're in online, you found out about them mostly from like Facebook. Cause that was a question we got was how do I find out about queer spaces? And we can talk about like online and in person, I think. Yeah. I think the- every, I think every group that I'm in, in some way came mm-hmm. to fruition, even in person or online still came to fruition from finding things online or like anytime I see things around town that I want to go to that are queer events, I Mm -hmm. usually found them through like a specific Arizona LGBTQ Facebook group that promotes different events. If Mm -hmm. I was going to have an event, I would go right to that Facebook group to promote it because I've literally as a person gone to events, even like smaller events, like everything like gets posted in these groups and then it trickles down. And then I've also like the drag school that I got involved in, my friend sent me, but she sent me a screenshot. (laughs) Yeah. She sent me a screenshot that like, I don't know where she got it from, but she definitely found it online. If it was a screenshot, Mm -hmm. she didn't like see it in person, look it up and then send me, you know what I mean? She's taking a picture or something. Yeah. So she saw that through online. And then I just looked at the screenshot. She sent me and emailed the person from there. Mm So it's like a little bit of serendipity, a little bit of like, if you're in a Facebook group that's promoting those events, eventually you're going to find ones that you want to go to. And there's things I don't want to go to, but I've seen somebody promote things like a defense class specifically for queer people. Mm -hmm. And that I've seen them posted a ton of times. And after like the fourth or fifth time I saw it, I was kind of like, maybe I should do this one weekend. Like that's actually like, a, you know, and so right. I think it's worth like going and looking up and being like in those groups to just know what's going on, even if at first it doesn't seem like you find anything because eventually you'll get a diamond in the rough. And then the next thing you know, like me, you're the costume designer. Right. <laughs> a drag yeah. I'm really jealous that we don't have that here. I just, I just keep saying the same thing, but it, <laughs> that's how I feel. Um, I'd love to do something like that. And I mean, everything I find in my city is just like through Facebook events or sometimes Instagram, but mostly Facebook, like look up Facebook events or Facebook groups, the queer Facebook group in my area. That's kind of like pop in. I actually started it because there were like a couple other groups, but they like seem to be like, okay. So I started it because I was going to start this like queer event 
the Sapphic event and the other mm-hmm. groups I was a part of had they had events but it was like folding the local gay newspapers and like mom's meet for coffee or like I don't know stuff like that which is great but it's not necessarily the demographic that I fit into and I just like right. didn't feel like I don't want to go do crafts with some moms and their like their kids it, it was more for the kids than the moms I think right. but like I don't want to go do crafts with people with children <laughs> when I don't have a child so I like wanted to come up with something that would give people who were in the same boat as I am in a different avenue which obviously yeah. fell through because of uh covid and i have not picked well it back i mean up. it didn't i wouldn't say fall through it evolved into something new because you right. said it's a pretty successful yeah. facebook group so i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't take that as a fail it just turned yeah. out differently than expected <laughs> yeah it wasn't what i had you hoped still connected for, people yeah you're right you're right i'm, <laughs> I'm amazing <laughs> 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 okay so um, one of our next questions about these queer events how do I go to an event and actually have a good time and meet people with all the clicks I feel like that's why a lot of them are alcohol centric so that your inhibitions are down and it's not as awkward to just like go up to someone or dance with a random person um I don't know if I have good advice for this because I am not good at approaching people without alcohol, but I feel like you might be a little bit more outgoing than I am, Gina. I am outgoing, but I don't always feel like I'm outgoing, but I'm not like the most outgoing. Like I'm not going to be the one who walks in a room and brings everybody together and is like the life of the party all the time. And that's not to say like never, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's not what I expect of myself. Um, when I'm in new places, I'll typically try and like, I don't know, you can usually find the vibe of the people that, you know, you you think you're going to like. So like, for example, when I went to this thing the other day, there was somebody in the group who had an orange scrunchie and I had an orange scrunchie and I didn't talk to him like the whole time that we were in like the class. But then as we were walking out, I kind of said something to him Mm -hmm. and then we ended up walking out together. And by the time we were like at our cars, I was like, so we're besties now and (laughs) I'm going to sit with you next week. No, I think that's sweet. And like, I like those people that like go out of their way to make you feel welcome and like interact Mm -hmm. with you. And I actually just read I didn't read the full study, just full disclosure, but I read about <laughs> a study um, where people with social anxiety do specific, like they have like specific behaviors. And by that, I mean, we, um, because I have <laughs> social anxiety, um, we have specific behaviors that we engage in to kind of like protect ourselves from social harm, I guess, or like protect ourselves from any like negative outcomes from happening within a group but those behaviors actually tend to like be a self-fulfilling prophecy that caused them to happen like okay so Mm. I'm like sitting in a corner like looking at my phone because I'm awkward and I don't want to make eye contact with anyone and I'm scared to talk to anyone but I want someone to talk to me and I'm looking at my phone but really that's like a feedback loop and no one's talking to me because I'm just sitting in the corner staring at my phone so like behaviors like that that we do to try and like protect ourselves from awkwardness in social situations actually backfire so I think the thing is like push yourself outside of your comfort zone and talk to people. And I've 
done that before and like I've had people not be the nicest also um but I feel like yeah a lot of people appreciate that and I know the people like that I've appreciated in social settings are like the ones who go out of their way to like include me or involve me and engage and aren't just like talking to their two people that they're with like they're trying to get everyone to talk to each other and bring everyone in on the conversation um so if you can find a way to be that way I think it yeah is helpful I think that if you go anywhere with the intention of trying to meet new people, you do have to just kind of have like a chill and confident vibe about you. Cause I've mm-hmm. gone places alone, especially queer bars specifically. I've gone to alone, especially when I first got to this city and I would just go and kind of like post up somewhere and I would maybe go to the bar where like you can look at the TV. So then even if you're not yeah. on your phone, it's a little more, but inv- you're still doing something, but it's a little more inviting for the people mm-hmm. next to you to talk to you. Cause they don't feel like they're interrupting anything. Like it's just whatever the bar had on TV, mm-hmm. but yeah. I also wasn't when I got there, I wasn't like running around trying to meet everybody. And like, I wasn't like acting super outgoing. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like posting up places with a drink yeah. and like chilling and people kind of, that makes sense. Me. I just looked approachable and friendly. Yeah. And yeah. I've gone to the bar by myself before and like had no one talk to me, but then like, I don't know before I've gone and like tried to like not be on my phone and just sit there. And like a few people came and sat with me and started talking to me and like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's about being approachable, but I also think I've like, I'm thinking about like one, I've dated people who are a lot more extroverted than I was. So like, they would always like talk to people when we were out and like make friends. And I was like, how the Mm -hmm. fuck do you do this? But then I'm also thinking about like the people that would engage with them. And I feel like in those situations, like the other people would almost be like over like listening to our conversation or whatever especially if we're being like loud and not in like a creepy way but like they would kind of like unabashedly just like be like hey like join the conversation you kind of have to have like some tact with that like obviously if someone's talking about something traumatic or really private like right probably don't butt in there but if they're like arguing about what's on tv like you can kind of hop in there or like yeah I'm thinking about like other people I know they'll like kind of like tease someone or like make a joke I wouldn't tease because like I don't like when people get overly familiar with me before I know them and like Mm -hmm. say something too harsh and I'm like you don't know me like that so I probably wouldn't do that but like I feel like they would like make like a little joke with someone and like be like you and those platform shoes I don't even know but like they'd like figure out a way to like kind of have a joke a little back and forth with someone and that's how they would like engage with strangers in public but for me I'm like they probably don't want me to talk to them so I'm not going to talk to them and then that makes people think that I don't want to talk to them when really I think that they don't want to talk to me so it's like yeah. you have to like <laughs> try I had a drag queen once point at me and was like you look fun I like your haircut you look like you have a lot of sex in public bathrooms and it was kind of like a read in a way but I was yeah. also like Wait, I love you and I want to be your friend now, but I definitely wouldn't have the confidence to like throw that kind of something at yeah. somebody. I would give a compliment or be like, oh my God, work those nails. Oh my God, I love your hair. Oh my God, yeah. where'd you get these shoes? But I don't know. I wouldn't want to do that like inauthentically either, you know? Yeah. Like I'm not going to give a compliment just to give it. Yeah. And then I think you also have to like figure out a way to translate that into conversation or else it can turn into like a thanks and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. move on situation. Like with like even if you're flirting like how if you say like oh my god you're so pretty like you have to figure out a way to like continue the conversation after that and I think the same goes for like if you're trying to make friends or just like meet people in general like 
I don't know. You could be like, where'd you get those shoes? Or <laughs> I don't know. Who gave you what? permission to be so pretty? <laughs> okay. What's I a pretty girl like, like you doing in a place like this? To me? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be fun. So I guess this next question then, how do I find friends to go with? My friends barely want to go to my local gay bars with me. So how would they go to like new events and things? And I know it's hard to make new friends as an adult, mm. but I feel like having an event is easier than just being like, hey, we should do something sometime. Yes. Well, this is the something sometime. Yeah. Now, finding the friends might be harder, but if you've got them, I feel like the event is easy to be like, let's all do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely have friends who are like, I don't want to go to the gay bar because that's not where the people I'm trying to find are. And that's like why I go out. And so I definitely like have friends who don't want to go to the gay bar with me. So I totally get this person's point of view. Um, And like, you can meet people online. If you have any like local internet friends, people you think would be cool, you can shoot your shot and be like, hey, do you want to like go to this event with me or this bar with me um, Mm -hmm. and see if they want to go. And if they don't just be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, or if they don't drink or, you know, just like give them a good out, but like, there's no harm in like asking someone to hang out. But like, I think also finding something else that you're interested in being involved in whenever I hear anything about like making friends as an adult, that's the advice. And it's just like, continue to show up, continue to like go fold the newspapers. Like (laughs) if I were to join the folding the gay newspaper or like keep going to roller derby practice or go to the same rock gym, maybe at the same time. And probably the same people will be there every week. I meant to say rock climbing gym. I just said rock gym. I know you meant. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that like you want to find people who share your interests and showing up is really important. Cause if you say like, I want this, I want that, but then you never leave your house. Obviously it's really easy to just like do that, but you're not Mm going to grow that way. And I think if you really are then somebody who doesn't want to like go meet people in public, like meet people Mm -hmm. online and then go to online events. Like, I just think Uh that it is a matter of showing up in whatever way works for you, even if it's logging into a webinar or something. Uh, My friend and I once took a recipe writing class online and um, I don't know that I got a lot of use out of it, but it was really interesting. I, th- I think she got out more out of it than me, but it mm-hmm. was like definitely not something that she would have done if it wasn't like a thing we were yeah. doing together. You know? Yeah. Sometimes like even like logging into those things, even if my face isn't going to be shown, it's a little intimidating. Like, and it's better if you can like text someone in the background and not feel like you're yeah. alone in front of your computer. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of things that like um Joey my partner I don't know why I I was gonna just say my partner but then I was <laughs> we like don't know who Joey is at this point yeah yeah well like we took um we took Reiki classes a few months ago and that's something cool. like I've always been interested in but I never would have gone and did that on a su- Sunday morning by myself so it's nice to have mm-hmm. someone who's interested in similar things even if it's not explicitly queer you could maybe meet there was like an older lesbian at the Reiki classes. So like there are definitely like different options to meet people who are queer. If you have like a straight friend who wants to go to something else with you. And that was another question we got about queer spaces specifically, where is the line for bringing straight people or allies into queer spaces? Is there a limit to this? 
I think part of the answer is in the question is that bringing straight people slash allies. So let's stick with allies. Um, they can be straight people yeah. who are don't allies, bring non-allies. They are not an ally. They don't belong in that case. Yeah. And being an ally, you know, is going to look a lot of different ways. And we mm-hmm. have our allyship episode, our chosen family episode even dips in a little bit to some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the only line is a, they have to be an ally mm-hmm. and like the limit I would only say exists if there is space that they're taking up that then queer people can't take up. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, like a, if it's a limited event, amount of people, yeah, yeah. like if it's a sold out event and you bought 10 tickets for your straight friends and then you heard of like 50 queer people who couldn't make yeah. it, you're like you're a little bit of an asshole, but I'm not yeah. like, I get it also. Like there right. is probably limited space for certain things, but like know that who this is for. And then if you are bringing people, Hey, to support something and more people means more mm-hmm. fundraising or yep. more tickets or more, whatever I'm all for it. But just my only saying the limit would be like, don't take a seat away from a queer person. Other than that, mm-hmm. like more the merrier if they're all in support. Right. Yeah. I feel like some people's like beef with this is that like, they're like, oh, I can't like flirt with girls because then I do. And she's like, oh, I'm straight. Sorry. And it's like, as long as she's like respectful about it, like maybe You've she's just not as much maybe she's just that not person being in, in a relationship who is <laughs> right. Gay. Like you might have yeah. who's not available anyway. Yeah. So I think like as long as, yeah, they're not shitty about it. That's uh the that's as low of a bar. And like, yeah, not taking away anything from other queer people if it is limited seating. Kind of, I want to go into this question because I, my answer is kind of similar to what we just said for this. Somebody Uh did ask, is exclusion ever necessary in lesbian spaces? And I understand why they asked this question. I'll get into that in a moment. Mm -hmm. But when I read this, my immediate answer was like, the only exclusion that should exist is people who don't support the gay community. Right. When they asked this question, I'm thinking it's it could be interpreted depending on how they meant it as biphobic of saying like mm-hmm. lesbians only. And if I hear mm-hmm. that, it's like, OK, so are you excluding trans people? Or are you excluding um, non-binary people? Are you excluding bisexuals, pansexuals, asexuals? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that you're excluding if that's the case. And I don't think that maybe this is a hot take, but I don't think that lesbian is the right demographic to be exclusive. Like if Mm -hmm. a trans community wants to say like, we're doing something and it's just for trans people, I'm not as a cis lesbian gonna be like offended. But if a lesbian group is like, no bisexuals, no pansexuals, I would be like, what the (laughs) fuck? Yeah, and it's like, you don't see bi groups doing that. And I honestly, I feel like this is such an online argument because I don't see lesbian groups doing that just people like complaining that it's happening like I don't yeah like I don't think exclusion is necessary unless that person is like lesbophobic transphobic mm-hmm. you know like if if they're biphobic like if mm-hmm. they're shitty if they're being shitty to other people that are around if they're not a nice accepting safe person then yeah exclusion is necessary but like I don't think that like this space needs to be strictly lesbian and then it's always like their very specific definition of lesbian which is usually like cisnormative and it ignores compulsory heterosexuality and it's like this very and it excludes me and that's rude (laughs) yeah that is rude and also like if 
if it's specifically referring to like leaving bisexuals out of a group they're the largest group in the LGBT community and like most of the queer people and women that I've dated have been bisexual like there's a lot of them so it just it makes more sense sexuality is what a spectrum yeah and it's like that's like the biggest spectrum like the biggest part chunk of the spectrum the biggest part of the Mm -hmm. bell curve I don't know it just if someone is not like a piece of shit then I don't really get the need to exclude um I get like boundaries or like not interacting with certain people or certain things but like that's like a personal boundary but I don't think it's necessary I don't know if we're gonna get flack for that but I stand by that because it's just like no I I I co-sign this yeah it's like I don't know what your life not the spaces Mm -hmm. and like yeah who like what's stopping you from you're technically pansexual but you're in a relationship with a woman what's stopping you from going into a space for lesbians and then they're like where's your lesbian card where's your id hand it over like what how are they gonna how do you prove something like and that? also like the like you said the <laughs> definition of lesbian is what they would want it to be because some people my i have mm-hmm. friends who like yell at me that i am a lesbian and i have to be mm-hmm. like how do you explain those two dudes i still want to fuck and like round down the fact that I have those conversations <laughs> with them I only do because they're my friends and it's funny and yeah. like, I don't really like hold anything they say as like seriousness it's right. all in jest mm-hmm. but like I I weirdly like don't always know how to label myself because I'm like a practicing lesbian but like mm-hmm. if you get down to the basics I am a pansexual but in the past I've identified as bisexual and then like mm-hmm. there's so many layers to it and so by some definitions, I am a lesbian because I don't really ever plan on having a relationship with a cis man again. But also, like, is that lesbian? Because I am technically pansexual. So there's a lot of people that I would have a relationship yeah. with that other quote unquote lesbians might not, including maybe someone who's non-binary, for example. Right. Or, so like, like the, the transphobic. On. Yeah, exactly. I think that if you like realize that the definition of lesbian and all these terms are need to be like more open than they are then mm-hmm. like why do we even need exclusion in the first place you know yeah yeah like I obviously like words their definitions are meant to like signify something but I don't think they need to be rigid because there is like fluidity in language and culture mm-hmm. and also it just like doesn't fucking matter to me like I'm not gonna be like oh, but you were with a man two months ago and now you're at the lesbian event. Like maybe that person figured it out. Maybe it took them- Are we running background you know, checks like, for all these How events? How are we determining that this person is meant to be there or not? We need or three like- queer references before you can enter. <laughs> like, right. Dumb. Stupid. Sorry. It's stupid. <laughs> so um, are queer spaces in general usually open to bi or pan folks? <laughs> I actually think so in my personal so. experience, especially mm-hmm. because you're not walking around with a label on your forehead. Mm-hmm. So it's not like anybody would recognize. And that's why sometimes I just say like, I'm gay, I'm queer. And I don't like specify mm-hmm. the details of that because why do I need to? But I've never had anybody like poo poo me for not being a gold star <laughs> lesbian or something being in right. some sort of like gay space, you yeah. know? Yeah. I've never had someone be like, yes, you are meant to be here, but your friend is not. I don't know. Like, (laughs) 
yeah, no one's walking around with a neon sign on their forehead. I haven't experienced any like of this exclusivity, but I'm sure it does exist. I'm sure there are like little cliques and subcultures and different queer pockets of different cities. I don't think it's as big of an like not not saying that like biphobia or panphobia is not an issue because it is but I don't think like the I've never gotten exclusion. kicked out of a queer space because of it yeah yeah and I mean I'm sh- like I'm sure people probably have but I don't think it's that common like I don't think it's like a defining factor of being a bisexual person um in my personal experience and I don't want to speak for everybody but in Mm -hmm. my personal experience I've gotten more like microaggressions as like a bi pan person more so than like outward prejudice for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word yeah yeah maybe it's just the queer spaces I've been to but I feel like I don't know it's pretty accepting of this sexual fluidity well cool i think that's a good place to stop for now we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and answer the rest okay and we are back another question that we had about inclusivity in queer spaces is why are these spaces not usually inclusive of asexuals I don't believe this, but I do think that asexuals get like forgotten about. And that's not to say, mm-hmm. I guess I'm saying I don't forget about them, but yeah. I do think overall they are kind of like forgotten. And maybe that's because a lot of the queer community is sexualized and mm-hmm. asexuals inherently like, I mean, not that they can't be sexualized, but like Mm -hmm. they aren't necessarily participating in some of those things, the way that it is natural for those who are actively having sex Mm -hmm. or seeking sex or like participating in hookup culture, grinder culture, like a lot of the queer community culture is stemmed around sex, which I feel a lot of sense of empowerment with like I like that we are taking back our sexuality and are able to find our own place in what's been like pushed on us but I I think if I was going to say why are asexuals like forgotten about or not Mm -hmm. as included I think it's that because of the sexual nature of like the world they're not engaging in like some of the same Mm -hmm. things and so it's like out of sight out of mind which I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that's the right way that's just my theory Mm -hmm. no I I think you're right it's um asexual people being overlooked and forgotten about and not like prioritized in these spaces do you know how they would be more inclusive of asexuals I think that's why people should say like lgbtqia plus rather than Mm -hmm. just like the lgbt community or like you know if people complain about out of so many letters to the thing but it's like it's really not that hard to say it's Mm -hmm. it's if you can say like call of duty blah 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 eight nine ten whatever like (laughs) it's really not that difficult to remember these things I don't know and so I just I mean like it's hard I know to create spaces that every single person is thought of and included just because Mm -hmm. there's so many like boxes to check off But I think that's the thing is like, if you remember, we have all these letters for a reason. We are setting an example by including everybody. I don't have the answers for how to make these spaces more Mm -hmm. inclusive, but I think just like 
remembering that inclusion is important period. And mm-hmm. if you hear anything of like, Hey, there's a lack of space for this, this, and this make it like mm-hmm. learn, learn, be better every time you're aware of things and make change happen when you know that there's a need for it. Mm-hmm. That's all I have though. I don't, I'm not yeah. gonna, like, change the world yeah, I don't, today. <laughs> I don't have a, I was just curious what your thoughts were on that because I, I don't know that I have the answer to that. Um, Another question we got is, is it weird that even though I am a lesbian, I feel uncomfortable in very lesbian spaces? I wouldn't say weird because there's a million things of why you might feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think I get a lot on my like soapbox about like, don't put people in boxes. We do that even in the queer community. And so there's a chance that while you may be sapphic, maybe there's a lot of things that people think of as stereotypically lesbian that you're not really vibing mm-hmm. with. Maybe that's like a reason why. I don't I, I I get that it can sometimes be uncomfortable if there's certain expectations you're setting or whatever, but I would hope that you can find a safe space somewhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of get where this person is coming from I don't really know what very lesbian spaces entails but like I definitely feel like intimidated when I'm around a bunch of queer people especially like queer women or sapphics or lesbians like I it's kind of intimidating it's awkward and like I want to be cool or you know I don't I don't know so I get like the discomfort maybe for a different reason than this person because mine isn't necessarily because it's like too lesbian for me or whatever but I don't think it's weird it's also like not common so it's like a different scenario to be in and of course you're gonna feel like not out of place but just like different in (laughs) different environments familiar yeah 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 exactly yeah Um, so I don't think it's weird but I think that um, you should just try and find a place where you are comfortable in whatever like queer safe space that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So another question, I'm non-binary, but appear very cis male presenting. Is it invasive to go on queer slash lesbian dating apps? No, fully just no. You are non-binary. You could identify as sapphic I'm not I'm not sure if you do but I'm assuming you do you wrote into this and I don't think it's invasive at all like if people are mad that you are on there they can just not match with you they cannot send you a message like just if they're not interested just like with anyone else swipe left or whatever like it's not invasive at all the people that are for you are for you and you know if they are interested with what you bring to the table they will appreciate you and if not they need to grow up because it's not affecting you to have someone else on there yeah I think the beauty of dating apps in general is that there is a profile and that's not just Mm -hmm. for this situation but people who are who look very straight and are straight passing and they want to make sure everyone knows that they're lesbian Mm -hmm. or people who just want to clarify anything. I have kids. I'm in a, I'm partnered. I'm moving soon. I'm not looking for anything serious. This is how I identify. If you don't, Mm -hmm. you aren't cool with these things, then I don't want anything to do with you. Like it's your chance to kind of like set expectations. And so anything you put in your bio and your on your pictures and things, it's setting up who you are. And like Cheyenne just said, if someone's not mm-hmm. for you, then they will swipe the other way. But as you know, two queer 
sort of lesbians. I, I was so weird <laughs> calling myself a lesbian, but I'm just going to get over it. As two sort of, as sort of two lesbians, I don't think either of us would think it would be one and a half to somebody as one and a half lesbian. 1.75. One, as 1.95 lesbians. I don't think either of us would think it would be weird to see somebody who is any gender presenting with a bio that says mm-hmm. I like women on one of these dating apps where I have my thing set as I'm a woman. Like if someone pops up, I'm just going to be like, do I want to date this person? Because if they're showing mm-hmm. up for me, they probably want to date me. And if we match, then I know right. they're interested in me. So I think you're totally in the clear and I probably want to swipe right on you. Yeah. If you're not interested in what someone is bringing to the table with their profile, just swipe left. Like it's not that big of a deal, I guess. And like men don't have a monopoly on masculinity. So you can be non-binary and look masculine. So it's, yeah. If someone has an issue with it, just block them, report them. It's just, they need to grow up and let people live because it's, it's really not hurting anyone for you to be on a queer or lesbian dating app. Amen. Take me to church. All right. (laughs) Last question. What is the best way to keep queer spaces Mm -hmm. safe how can we ensure that they're safe for queer people without being exclusive? And I love mm. this question because I started off the episode talking about how I was just in this amazingly queer safe space mm-hmm. and how wonderful that feeling was. So do you have any advice on keeping everything safe? Yeah, my uh, advice for this one was honestly kind of uh, a mirror of what you said before is like setting boundaries, setting expectations for the space and having a strict adherence policy. And, you yes. know, people are in the space and they are acting transphobic if they're acting lesbophobic, biphobic, racist, able, anything that like mm-hmm. doesn't align with the rules that were set in place, like keep people safe and, you know, make it an inclusive, accepting place, then, you know, they're out. Yeah. I, I don't think the excluding someone because like we don't know what someone's sexuality is like maybe that's the night that they go in and they're like oh I'm not straight actually Mm -hmm. Uh, or like they're questioning but don't feel comfortable like identifying as queer yet like people are on different journeys and in different and on different paths and in different stages of life and just like identifying in different ways and I don't think it's necessarily helpful and like some people when we first come out we only have straight friends and what are we supposed to do go to a gay bar by ourselves and not know anyone like that you're never going to get like new people into a a queer space if they have to go by themselves because they don't know any other queer people which isn't always safe which is literally like the question like it it isn't always safe to go alone and so like the only again and we said this the only thing to exclude are people who are not allies and that's how you keep the queer space safe is you like say, yeah, if you're not an ally, you can't be here. And like you said, you call out behavior if you're not adhering to those policies. I think that's true even for non-queer spaces. Like my one friend um, was called the F slur in the in a, in a regular bar around town. And my other friend literally like got him kicked out. Like she yelled, wow. was like, this guy's being homophobic. He needs to get yeah. the fuck Give out. Her, her. And the bouncers and security got him out. And I was like, that's exactly yeah. how you should handle the situation. I'm pretty hot-headed and I might have punched him in the face, uh-huh. but I also grew up on Jersey Shore. So that <laughs> is just a product of being in my environment, whatever. But like, that's exactly what you need to do is like call out bad behavior 
Mm-hmm. Don't let anything be excused and don't let people like that into any space that like you're safe in, like protect your mm-hmm. energy, protect your magic, protect your zone. And protect your community. Yeah. Protect your community. That's great advice. And with that, we are going to wrap up the episode. Rate us five stars, leave a review. Uh, You can find us on any platform that you listen to podcasts. You can also DM us or email us any questions that you have. Our email is sapphicsurvivalguide at gmail.com. And then if you want to DM us, we are at sapphicsurvivalguide on any platform except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. And you can also go and subscribe to us on Patreon to get bonus content, patreon.com backslash Sapphic Survival Guide. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. And you can find me anywhere online at The Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can listen to Um Hello, wherever you listen to podcasts for all your Jersey Shore recaps. Season two is out by now. All right. With that, class is now dismissed. <laughs>